Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Good morning, Jason. I am doing great. That's what I like to hear, but I hope no alarm clock mishaps this this past weekend. Life is good. Better than I deserve. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to hear, Bill. Mm -hmm. And we've got a jam-packed show, and these are always fun ones because we're uh, just ahead of a seminar coming up this Wednesday. We'll tell you more about that. But, Bill, we're going to start off talking about long-term care insurance, something that everyone needs to pay attention to. Well, it's a it's a huge issue, and unfortunately for an awful lot of folks out there, it's not even an option. Uh, why is it not an option? It's because if we wait too long to consider it, then uh, one of two things raises its ugly head, uh, two-headed monster, and that is it's just too expensive if we get it uh, late in life. Uh, And by late in life, I mean when we're thinking about retirement, uh, then we've probably waited too long to get long-term care insurance. Or if we're already retired, it's probably too late to get long-term care insurance. Um, And the, uh, the, uh, so um, the first um, monster is the cost. And the second is for many of us, as we get older, our health uh, is not as good, and we have a scare of one sort or another. And sometimes it's not even scary. It's just something that uh, the, the insurance companies will say, nope, we, we cannot insure you uh, because of this or that. And there's a ton of reasons why they will turn you down. So, you know, it's the kind of thing where those folks, all of those folks who don't have long-term care insurance, they better come to our seminar or they're really missing out. Uh, (laughs) That sounds pretty self-serving, doesn't it? Um, But uh, why do people need long-term care insurance? Well, first of all, if you have a long-term care crisis in your life, it's a really expensive proposition for you. And the bottom line is, is that over half of all of us will actually have a serious long-term care crisis. And it's and a, a long-term care crisis is pretty scary. Financially, it's the equivalent of your home burning down to the ground with everything in it with no insurance. That's and and I, and people say, nah, that can't be. The government will help me. The government will do this, and I, you know, it'll take care of me. And and that is sad to say. Oftentimes, not the case. Um, so it is an issue that people need to take care of themselves, because um, I mean, it's it's like you know, what's the what what is the risk of developing a serious form of cancer that will take you out? Well, that can be an expensive proposition, even though you have health insurance to cover um, much of it. Uh, but the bottom line is, with long-term care, your health insurance does not cover it. You know, my my mother had long-term care issues. Um, and she always thought that she she had uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield federal high option health coverage, which was wonderful coverage, but it doesn't cover long term care. N- nobody 
has health insurance that covers long-term care. Uh, and so um, it, it's, it basically is a risk that if you don't buy long-term care insurance, you don't have any insurance, and it's a private pay basis for most people in most circumstances. And that's a pretty scary thing when you're thinking that for a lot of folks, a long-term care crisis will erode their nest egg by, you know, $300,000 or more. Um, and it's scary for everybody who has to deal with that kind of situation. So in essence, there is a real need for long-term care insurance. So for those folks who are a little bit younger out there, and by younger I mean 40s and early 50s or even younger than that, because if you wait until your late 50s or early 60s, you might still be insurable if your health is still really good and you're not taking medication. But um, so if you're insurable, but it's still going to be really expensive at that point. And you can't look at long-term care insurance premiums as I can afford this while I am working because that's not when you wouldn't need it. You need the coverage generally 10 or 15 years or more after you retire. So in essence, you have to be able to afford the premiums in retirement when you're on a fixed income. And so you have to factor that in to um, your overall retirement budget. And that's pretty scary. So uh, the bottom line is that that long-term care insurance uh, is something that many people uh, should consider and purchase. Now, the sad part of it is the folks who need it the most are the folks who can least afford it. <laughs> and why I say that is if you're well-to-do and, and you've put lots of money back and you have high savings and a large retirement account and your net worth is 2 or $3 million, you can self-insure. So you don't have to pay those premiums unless you just want the added security that your nest egg will continue to grow no matter what. Um you don't really need – it's not a necessity, if you will, for you to have the insurance. But for those folks who have a nest egg um, or a very little nest egg or a nest egg uh, less than a million dollars, having long-term care insurance is something that allows you to sleep at night, uh, particularly when your health starts eroding. And any of us – uh, you, you know, all of us, as we get older, see our body eroding. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Uh, okay, so the the fact is, uh, Medicare. You know, you know when you you most folks go on Medicare when you turn sixty five. So does does it cover long term care insurance? And the quick answer is no. It has a limited exception where it will cover some rehabilitation after a hospitalization. Uh, and there's, you know, you need to know a little bit more about that too. And again, you can learn about that at our seminar. But the quick answer is Medicare 
has a, a very limited application to a long-term care, and it's always or almost always related to rehabilitation after a hospitalization. Uh, beyond that, if you need assistance at home for activities of daily living, um, uh, you're basically screwed. In other words, you've got to privately pay for that care, whether it's little things at home where you just can't do it anymore, like dressing or bathing or getting around or eating or preparing food or you know, uh, any of those kinds of things. Uh, uh, Long-term care issues uh, come to play, and if you need assistance, it can be pretty expensive. Um, also, family relationships enter into it because in some cases uh, uh, you have a family member who either lives with you or lives like next door or down the street, but most of us don't have that either. Uh, you know, our children live in, a, you know, two states away, <laughs> you know, uh, and the like, uh, and uh, – it can be a very difficult proposition. So, but if you're looking for long-term care insurance, what do you need? What do you look for? Well, the first thing is what kind of daily rate of insurance should you have today? Well, for most folks, if you don't have at least $150 a day, you're in trouble. Uh, that's $4,500 a month. Uh, and while if you have good income in retirement, then that would do okay for you today for most needs. And I say that because um, many of the assisted living facilities, uh, they the cost for assisted living is for a lot of places – if you don't need dementia care, it, it tends to be in the neighborhood of three thousand to forty-five hundred dollars. But if you need additional care or aggressive care at that level, then it can easily be six thousand dollars. So what's that? That's two hundred dollars a day. If you need nursing care, nursing care right now in this area typically is between seven thousand and eighty-five hundred dollars a month. So. Obviously, if you have 6000 of insurance and you have another $2,500 of income per month, then you're, you're okay there as well. But that's today. Will it be more expensive next year? Of course it will because it keeps going up. Every year it keeps going up. Um, so if you buy it, you got to factor in not only your daily rate, but the inflation factor. So you should never buy long-term care insurance without an inflation rider. And typically, uh, that inflation rider, best case would be a 5% inflation rider, even though normal inflation is a lot less than that, but medical inflation tends to be higher. Uh, a compromise that's more affordable is a 3% uh, inflation rider. But not to have an inflation rider is pretty risky unless you have really, really good retirement income. So I, I know you're looking at me like it's time for a break. So I will uh, defer to you, Jason. And But I do want to continue on this line about long-term care insurance because I think it is, it's really important for folks to consider it and if they can afford it and see how they can pay for it uh, during their retirement years, they should, in fact, get it. 
It's an important part of planning, and we'll continue our conversation about that. And we'll also tell you about Bill's free seminars coming up this Wednesday for those of you who may already be in a long-term care crisis, and it is too late for you to get long-term care insurance. We'll tell you about a solution right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're having a conversation about long-term care insurance. But before we get back to that, I do want to let everyone know that you've got a set of seminars coming up this Wednesday, uh, April 10th. You do three of these. These are free for people to attend. If you're dealing with a long-term care crisis or if you think you need to be prepared for one, I I can't recommend these strongly enough. Well, they are important. Uh, We teach folks uh, what government assistance is available to them and when it's not. And that's just as important as when it is available and uh, who it's available to and how to get it, how to become eligible and how to protect your assets at the same time. Uh, the, the, The reason that these seminars are so important and effective is because people cannot get this information by reading books or finding it online, it's not there. Uh, it's not available uh, to folks in a comprehensible uh, place. So uh, being able to come to where you can learn it in an educational setting. That Now, we don't feed people. You know, this is truly an educational seminar. Uh, But you come to an educational seminar and you can actually learn what's applicable in North Carolina and why it's important and how you can how it can affect you. And these this is so important. And, you know, uh, what what a lot of folks don't realize is when they come to seminar, they really see why elder law is so important. And when you do your planning and generally it's called estate planning, in other words, how do we take care of ourselves and our family, that elder law is a big part of it for anyone who is thinking about retiring or who is already retired because that's – if you're planning without knowing the elder law issues in terms of assistance for long-term care and other issues like that – you're you're planning with one hand tied behind your back. So truthfully, from my own experience, and of course this is very self-serving, it's a heck of a lot better to have attorneys who are uh, who understand elder issues to do your planning than to simply do estate planning with someone who doesn't. So. Uh, and, and they're very different perspectives on how to do things uh, with planning. And so, of course, we do high-end planning, tax planning, special needs planning. But uh, elder elder issues affect anybody who's older. And so uh, it's, a, it's a different perspective that need to, people need to learn about. And coming to the seminar is a great way to do it. 
Yeah, it's a great start, and it's at no cost. All you have to do is register in advance. You can go online and do that at WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com, or you can give them a call in the office, 919-256-7000, Well, Bill, let's get back to long-term care insurance because I know you had some thoughts you wanted to wrap up there. Well, uh, more than wrapping up, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> I mean, the, the first of all, folks also need to know that uh, if they're thinking about long-term care insurance, this is not the time to buy it from your neighbor because almost anybody can offer it to you, but very few insurance professionals actually understand the nuances of long-term care insurance. This It's not like car insurance or homeowner's insurance, where in North Carolina, those policies are standard. In, in other words, there's options, but every policy is the same from one company to another company. So what they're competing with are against each other uh, is real simple. It's based on options you choose and price. Whereas with long-term care insurance, the policies are not the same. The definitions are different, uh, and and uh, so it takes a higher level of understanding a long-term care policy than it does a, a typical automobile or homeowner's insurance policy. It takes a lot of work. It takes comparison, uh, and they're also uh, – different kinds of long-term care options today that didn't exist 20 years ago. I mean, for instance, uh, some folks find it better to uh, buy a life insurance with a long-term care rider attached to it. That's a pretty popular thing for folks today. Uh, you can you There are some annuities that have long-term care options that can be helpful it, I, I rarely see an annuity that actually uh, uh, really covers long-term care in a way that folks need it to, but it, it still can be helpful if it's a large enough policy. Uh, and then traditional long-term care, you know, and a lot of business owners don't understand or they've never been told that uh, th- that if they own a business, they can actually write their long-term care premiums off on their taxes as a business expense for themselves and their spouse. Uh, that's huge because it can be extremely helpful, you know, if it's a write-off for you to be able to get something that you really need anyway. So there are a lot of options when it comes to long-term care insurance. But some other questions other than what's, you know, how much daily rate, uh, and for right now I would say that the majority of people need uh, close to $200 a day uh, daily rate. And then it's uh, typically defined in how many years of coverage you have. And I would tell anyone that the minimum coverage, in my own opinion, for those who can afford it, would be three years of coverage. Five years would be better. Four is better than three. But uh, again, it sometimes comes down to the premium that you know that you can pay. And three years of coverage is actually pretty good. And and for most folks, uh, three-year coverage in your policy uh, oftentimes will, be, uh, will last four years or more 
because it's based on the dollars as opposed to the time period coverage, if you will, once it starts paying out. But a lot of folks who need long-term care don't need aggressive long-term care from day one, so they don't need um, the same amount of money daily uh, for care that they might uh, need later on. I mean, in, in other words, it might be that you're only spending 60 to $100 a day rather than 150 to $200 a day and for uh, the first two or three years. And if that's the case, then your policy may last five years or longer. So, so it just it just depends on the circumstances. Now, if you ask me if I have a long-term care policy, I'm saying you better believe I have a long-term care policy. And in fact, mine's a lifetime policy. In other words, it, it will never expire. But, but <laughs> you can't buy a policy like that anymore. There are a lot of policies out there that you just, you know, the options are not available to folks anymore. And that's a uh, that's a real shame, but you know it's it's because the, the the companies have learned what what works for them to actually uh, be able to stay in business uh, and, and make these policies work for folks. And so, uh, those are some of the things um, that are really important. So. Uh, you, you know, obviously, you want to pick a good company that's going to be around uh, in years to come. Um, you need an, uh, a daily rate that's sufficient. And today, I would say minimum $150 a day, $200 a day would be better um, for most folks. And even more than that, if your uh, income in retirement is very low. Um, and then um, the elimination period is another question I get asked a lot. And my recommendation for folks on that typically is 90 days of elimination. That means you privately pay for the first 90 days and then your insurance kicks in. Well, if you go under 90 days, your premium goes up. Uh, and so from my perspective, 90 days is a comfortable compromise uh, I don't like to go longer than 90 days. And, and often, this is one of the areas where the definitions inside the policy matter because some companies count the days differently from other companies. <laughs> and so you have to see how it's defined in your policy. And the elimination period makes a big difference in terms of what your actual premium is along with the other uh, things that, that we've talked about. Um, here's another thing that's really, really important. The younger you get it, the less expensive it is. Um, and now, uh, uh, up until recently, the least expensive policy that I'd, I'd ever known about, which and it was an excellent policy, was for a guy who started working for a company and it was just an option and he took every option the company offered uh, when he started employment and 30 years later he was still working for the same company. How rare is that? And his long-term care premium per month was $25. Well, I actually met a lady recently who, who um, had a policy that was, again, a good policy that was even less expensive than that. I, and it blew me away. But uh, but how many folks are worried about long-term care when they're 20 or 25 years old? That's where 
um, you, you know, that's such a rarity. You know, most people don't even think about it until they start thinking about retirement and getting older and all of that good stuff, uh, which young people don't think about. And then, of course, the other issue that folks have is that young people have 50 other things to spend their money on uh, that have nothing to do with long-term care. It's like, I got to save for retirement. I got to pay off my mortgage. I got to, you know, support my kids. I got to take care of, uh, try to save some money for their kids' college education. I got to, you know, go on vacation. Uh, you know, all of the other things that people think about, how are we going to use our money? And then no matter how you do, squeeze it, money's tight uh, for, for, for most families. And, and so can you afford an extra hundred bucks a month for long-term care insurance. That's, but is it something that's really important to you? Yes, because what folks don't know is the fact that the majority of folks will not be able to get assistance for long-term care issues where they want it most. And where, where do you think that might be, Jason? Uh, well, they want care at home. Exactly. In other words, government assistance, for the most part, does not exist for the majority of us for home care or even assisted living care. And so, yes, if you need nursing care, uh, there are uh, ways that we can help most families get on Medicaid. And that's something in terms of coming to the seminar allows you to learn if you might be able to get assistance in assisted living, where it's available, what their what are their rules, those kind of things. How about home care? Are there some exceptions to the rules? Those are the things that people really need to know. And the only way you're going to find out is to come to our seminars. Now, there's also a misunderstanding about government assistance, too. There are professionals out there that say if you want assistance, you have to put everything into an irrevocable trust five years before you need the care and all that good stuff. And I don't dis- I disagree with them. I think that they're, th- those folks just don't really understand the rules well enough. But coming to the seminar allows you to get a much better feel for how these rules work and how they, importantly, how they apply to you and your family. That's that's why it's so important. It's knowledge that you can't get anywhere else, and you can also get it for free. Register for the seminars coming up on Wednesday, April 10th. You can do that online at wgalaw.com, wgalaw.com, or call 919 919- Two five six seven thousand. A quick break and back and more with asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF. Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with you as well as Bill Alexander on this Saturday morning. And Bill, we were having an interesting discussion. We've talked all about the uh, the seminars and long-term care insurance. And next up on the punch list here, Bill, is we need to talk about gifting. Absolutely. It's an, it's an important issue for most families. 
Um, it certainly relates to seniors who are encouraged to gift in order to be eligible for long-term care benefits, and that's uh, that that's a um, a real fallacy from my own perspective. But any of us um, who have children and grandchildren have been gifting all of our adult life. <laughs> you know, we give our time, we give our talents, we give our our money uh, uh, to our most precious um, uh, gift to us in the world, which is our children and grandchildren. And so it's something that uh, gives back, if you will, sometimes, although they give back in love as opposed to financial (laughs) for the most part. But um, uh, gifting is a really important issue. And, And from my own perspective, um, I would like to try to broaden people's perspective on uh, what kinds of gifting can be really important and helpful. I mean, truthfully, if you think about it, the, the best gifts you can give are, are gifts that somebody's not going to do for themselves, right? Or, or something that they can't afford to do for themselves, um, th- those can be some of the best gifts in the world that we we can potentially give our ch- children and grandchildren. Uh, and so, uh, but most folks think tunnelly in, in terms of, well, I want to help my children or grandchildren. Typically, it's grandchildren. Uh, attend college. So I I want to be able to gift money to their college fund. And unfortunately, from my own perspective, that's where it stops. It's like, well, if we do that, then we've done something really nice for our grandkids and they'll love us forever and all this other stuff. Well, they're going to love you forever anyway, hopefully. But what are some of the other things that you can do or maybe you should think about? Well, you know, we talked about long-term care insurance. If you were to buy long-term care insurance, or in essence, pay the premiums for your children or grandchildren, uh, in other words, let's say your kids, you know, they've gone to college, they've gotten married, they're in their 30s, maybe they've given you a grandchild, that would be nice. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there something that you can actually do for your children, even though they don't deserve it, other than, unless they give you a grandchild? Okay. Um, sure. Why not help them pay for long-term care insurance for themselves? Uh, that could be huge. Now, truthfully, um, the folks who need it, long-term care insurance the most, Women need it more than men. They tend to live longer. They tend to outlive their husbands. Uh, uh, and then there are also folks who are single. You know, they're not married. They have no children. Well, gee whiz, who's going to take care of them if they don't have long-term care insurance? Well, those folks actually need it really bad. But could the parents help them when they're young, you know, like in their 20s and early 30s and, and the like? Sure. And it would, wouldn't be much of a gift at that point, you know, because the premiums are going to be very, very low and it, easy to keep up over time. So that's huge. 
uh, and something, uh, and and of course, if they want to make it uh, a nicer gift, then help them buy a life insurance policy with a long-term care rider. Again, uh, you know that can help your your child in immeasurable ways because if you uh, help them do that, then they would not have to worry about buying that life insurance for themselves when they start having children and worrying about how to take care of their family and things like that. And for them to have a long-term care rider on top of it inside that policy, it gives them both at the same time. Well, to me, that kind of gift is something that will pay rewards time and over time uh, in, in a huge way. And then, uh, you know, if you think about, well, who's going to pay it when I die? Well, just think of it this way. They'll already have it, and it will be very inexpensive for them to keep it. Um, and, and so from my perspective, that that's, uh, really should not be a worry. It's really just a matter of getting it done. What's another gift you can give? My greatest fear for the next few generations is not college. I think Anybody who wants to college can find a way to go to college. You know, it's easy to borrow the money to go, unfortunately. I mean, it's, you know, um, there's scholarships. There's lots of ways to go to school. And I, I don't know of any kid that wants to go to college that has focused on getting a higher education degree can't go. I mean, it, that just does not exist in our world. Um, so it's not that hard for kids to attain a college degree. But my biggest concern is retirement. The problem is kids are not going to be able to, over their lifetime, to earn enough money to put it back, and they're going to live longer, and Social Security, while it'll still be around, is not going to be sufficient to cover retirement expenses. might be enough to cover it. Uh, medical expenses, but not long-term care expenses, not food and transportation and, and all of the other uh, uh, housing that folks need in retirement. Uh, so the bottom line is people are going to have to save a whole lot more to be able to retire, and there's not going to be enough money to do it, unfortunately, not for the number of years that people will live. So, But families can actually make gifts um, not just direct gifts, but there are ways to put money back so that in a um, what I call a tax-sheltered investment so it will actually grow into a retirement fund for your grandchildren. Now, this particular type of gift requires the, the beneficiary to be young. You know, like if they're under 10, that's fabulous. If they're under five, that's better. If they're one or two, that's perfect. <laughs> so guess what? This is for your grandchildren. And that's the type of gift that can be so important. Now, uh, the I, I know we probably need to take another break, and I'm sorry about that. I want to come back and, and finish on this gifting. Excellent. We'll do that right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And we've gone over a, a pile of topics so far today, Bill. We've discussed the seminars, which people can find more about at WGALaw.com. We've discussed long term care insurance. We've discussed gifting and uh, how that could kind of tie back into long term care insurance as well. And I know you have a final thought related to gifting. Well, the, uh, Part of it is that when folks become seniors and they are they don't have a um, uh, uh, um, well they're worried about being able to make it through life with with uh, without running out of money, and so uh, oftentimes folks are looking for ways to to get government assistance and. Unfortunately, people think if I give all my property away early enough, then I can get government assistance later on. Not true for most people. The government really doesn't do it that way. And uh, uh, giving your property away, uh, it's important for folks to understand that if they have a gifting plan where a tax attorney has helped them, and of course we do that, um, okay, there are times when gifting can work, but there are ways to gift where it doesn't hurt you. What a lot of folks don't realize, if you give your house to your child or children, <clears throat> and then later on, let's say five or six or ten years down the road, you have to sell the house, you've just created a huge tax burden that you would not have had if you had kept the house yourself because you have personally, a single person has a $250,000 exemption from the sale of their personal residence or their primary residence. That's called the 121 exemption. And if you're married, it's a half million dollar exemption from income tax. But if you give your property to your children, then it's not their primary residence and they don't get that exemption. And you've also given them your income tax basis with the gift. So if they sell your house, they may have to pay fifty dollars or $100,000 in taxes that they would not have had to pay had you just held on to the house properly. Now, there are ways you can put property into trust and, and keep the step up in basis and to keep your 121 uh, exemption uh, from the sale of your personal residence. So there are ways to skin the cat if, if you insist, but for most folks, the gift should never be made. The other thing that you have to understand, too, is that major gifts uh, or even small gifts can create penalties or sanctions if you ever need nursing care where the uh, they'll say, yes, you're eligible, but you have to privately pay for the next 20 months because of these gifts you made three or four years ago. And that can be devastating. Uh, now, we have ways to get around that too, but for some families, not everyone – uh, but the problem is is that it can create huge issues. It's not as simple an issue as people think it is. And so folks should get professional advice from an elder law attorney who understands these issues, um, tax issues, Medicaid issues, VA issues. They, they all have issues surrounding gifting. So you need to get some good advice before you commit yourself <laughs> to anything like that. Um, you know, don't be um, 
uh, penny wise and dollar foolish. And, and that's really where it comes in. Okay. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, other than come to my seminar, <laughs> is um, should you pay off your mortgage before you retire? Should you get rid of that debt? And there are a lot of financial advisors out there that I have to disagree with respectfully because there are a bunch of them that say, oh, no, don't pay off that low-interest mortgage because if you allow me to invest your money, I can make you more money on what you let me invest uh, than the interest you're paying, plus the interest is deductible and all that. And actually, for a lot of folks now, under the new tax act, that interest is not going to be helpful to them. The only folks where that interest deduction will help them is if they itemize their deductions. You know, we've talked about how this new tax act actually doesn't help an awful lot of folks. And uh, the interest deduction is not going to help you unless you uh, itemize, and most people will not be itemizing going forward under the, how this new tax act works. So it doesn't have anything to do with that anymore. So now, for most folks, it's just a comparison. And why take that risk? I mean, that's the whole point. If you have your debt paid off when you retire, you have such a better chance of never running out of money because you have a home that you can live in for many years and you know it gives you more cash flow each month to enjoy and oftentimes it's not necessarily enjoying it it's because you need it um, and for those folks who don't have it paid off they either have a mortgage payment to make or they have to pay rent and so that takes a huge bite out of retirement income because that rent keeps going up every year and it the the increases far surpass any increase if you get any uh in your retirement pay you know social security goes up a little bit each year but medicare seems to take every bit of it when it does so uh having your mortgage paid off to me is one way to avoid all of that risk uh you know they they <laughs> You know, will the market go up and when will the market go down? Of course it will. But if you have it paid off, then you know that that's squared away and you're in such better financial shape long term. And that's what I look for. There's peace of mind and there's one less variable that you have to worry about. A quick break and back and more with Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, uh, before I remind everyone about how they can register for this Wednesday's seminar, I know you have a, a parting shot for us. Well, actually, I just want to tell folks that if, if you would like to come to the seminar, and I hope you do, that means you're very, very smart. Um, Go to Independence Village of Old Raleigh. That's where our seminars are located. Uh, we we uh, occasionally have folks that show up at our office thinking that our seminar is at our office. It's not. 
Uh, our host is Independence Village of Old Raleigh. Uh, they've uh, hosted us for the last number of years, and we enjoy being out there. Uh, it's at a great location near Rex Hospital. Uh, so I uh, hope folks will join us at Independence Village of Old Raleigh. And we ask that you register in advance. And again, these seminars are free this Wednesday, April 10th. You can go online to wgalaw.com, wgalaw.com, or call the office, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. I also want to remind everyone you can catch Bill's Asset Protection Today podcast. You can download it in any marketplace where you find your podcasts. It's a wonderful opportunity to get some more tips from Bill and to stay informed and to protect your money because Bill does a wonderful job of that. We're out of time for today, but we hope that you'll join us again next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend. 